It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, man, what's up? What's going on? How you doing today? I'm all right. Just, uh, you know, just kind of <laughs> trying to hack away. I'm trying to do something. These sites, you know, I swear the first person that makes a sex worker site that actually works is going to make a billion dollars in the first day. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's why I always fuck with Crystal Cell because I can actually get a human person. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I well, uh, I got, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. What you about to say? Well, no, I, I, I put a thing on, oh, fuck, last year, uh, on sexy jobs. And for those of you who don't know, it's like the want ads for you know sex workers, and you know n- never really got any. Uh, bites or anything, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Then I got two messages today uh, out of the blue. So I was like, let me look at my profile because, you know, I, I think, you know, and I kind of tried to straighten up some stuff and add better pictures. And it turned into a who's on first skit because they were like, here's a photo. I chose it. Go back to the main page. No photo. Go back. I chose it. No fo-. You know, it is just, it's just this thing. It's like, Again, whoever makes a sex worker friendly platform that actually works, Dude. like you're gonna you're gonna make like Elon Musk money. I have, I mean, I'm just it's, I don't know. It, so yeah, so it's just the uh, things uh, you know. It's not all blowjobs and uh, and reach arounds. So. Oh no, it's 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 way more than that. It's it's way more intricate than that. Yeah. You know. But but see the thing is is it's something someone told me a long time ago. They said people are not interested in the journey; they're interested in the finish. Yeah, yeah. You oh, know. Yeah. Oh, actually, before we get into it, I'm sorry. Uh, thank you for having me back, and hello, everybody. Uh, you know, in the Smoke Lounge audience and everything. Sorry. Uh, it's, great to, <laughs> no doubt. it's great to be ha- to you know be back so quickly. So I really appreciate it. No doubt, no doubt. So let me go ahead and do the particulars we can get this thing rolling, okay? Yep. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Smokers Lounge here on Anchor, the perfect place for you to start your podcast career. All you got to do is download the Anchor app onto your phone or go to anchor.fm, get yourself a profile. You can monetize your stuff. 
make money right now, get your stuff dis- distributed on all the platforms, and it's for free. So go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app to your phone. I'm your host, Kavanaugh, the Southern Champ, a.k.a. the Poor Rap Star. You know what it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Go to allmylinks.com backslash porn rap star to see my porn, to listen to my music, and to follow me on social media. Also, we are sponsored by LS World, the Facebook of the LS community. I'm talking about lifestyle. I'm talking about swinging. I'm talking about BDSM. Freaky shit. So go there, get yourself a profile. Mingle with kick-minded, freaky people like yourself. And you might even find a couple of events over there. That you might could attend. And also say hello to uh, Princess Gemini while you're there. Because she's over there as well. (laughs) Also, I'm a proud member of the GW District Black Podcast Network. I'm talking about multiple podcasts that give you the black experience, the black point of view on the multitude of topics. Plus, speaking about multitudes, segue. You also got the opportunity to pick from over 500 black sellers and retailers talk about fashion, beauty, health, books, you name it, they got it. So go to shopgwdistrict.com, buy black, support the black business, build the black economy so we can create generational wealth. So I'm here with my smoke buddy, Mr. Billy Pilgrim. <laughs> hey, man, what's going on? What's going on? And... Right now, if you when this air, I don't think yours would your your uh, interview would have dropped on on Bonus Smoke Fridays. But you can go over to Patreon right now and actually listen to it as well as many other interviews, as well as episodes of Smoke This Over podcast. Also, I got some new coming called Bobby Rants. I'll let y'all smoke that over for a minute. So, so he got his stuff up over there. And um, I just want to start off first. I saw that you tweeted Mr. Yes. P- Mr. Wonderful Paul Ardor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and understand the date is being uh, recorded. Paul Ardor was announced dead. Yeah. Now, who Mr. Wonderful is. Well, actually, you tell him who Mr. Wonderful is because you know who he is. You tell him who he is, man. Well, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff was uh, one of the, you might remember from his, his big run in the WWF back in the 80s, but he was more than just like a WWF star. He was like a really phenomenal uh, territory wrestler, uh, you know, worked in Florida and Memphis, was like basically a star out of the gate. And just like a really tough, rugged guy. And he was famous for having the pile driver. And a lot of oh. wrestlers had the pile driver move uh, as a finisher, but the way he did it literally looked like, you know, it was just, it like it killed you. And, it, um, and he was really, the first one to do the jumping pile driver. Yeah. No one has that now. Understand? He, they, they, no one has copied that move. Yeah. Yeah, no, because he apparently was such a workout freak and such a health nut that his thighs were so strong that he would basically. And I'm a wrestling geek, so I kind of. Me uh, too. Me too. I, 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 I read a lot of wrestling history, and I really got into that. And there's in wrestling mm-hmm. history, if you need something interesting to read, or you want to, you know, try to get your kid into doing, getting into history, uh, 
a lot of really interesting shit with pro wrestling. Uh, but his yeah. thing was, he you hold the trick is you hold the person up very high, and then you sit down, and their and their head never technically hits the thing. It can be jarring, but it doesn't hit. He was able to mm-hmm. do the jumping thing because his legs were so thick and strong that he would hold your head in, in place like a vice and then leap. So you would hit, but like you didn't move. Like your neck, your head, your, your shoulders, and you were like so, you know, like locked in like like a like an astronaut taking off that all you had to do was sell. And basically the only way you had to sell was just lay there because that's pretty much what you would do if he really decided to drop you on your head. But and see and see what's crazy is at this generation can't appreciate our generation. What, what what we saw, because I also heard that Terry Funk is in a rest home. Man, my heart sunk because I just watched a match with him and Jerry the King Lawler on Pluto TV. Oh yeah, yeah, the first five star match. Yeah, what he did, ah! did this, what he would scream the. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, actually, some good news. Uh, I listened to the Jim Cornette podcast, and they actually talked about that. Apparently, yeah, but Jim that's Cornette. not necessarily true. Like, apparently, he's mm-hmm. doing good. He is kind of getting older. I mean, mm-hmm. the guy rest. Uh, he, he retired. I think 2014 was his last yeah. match. Don't hold me to that. But he's doing better than people think. It's just that he made a video a couple months ago saying, <laughs> "No more." Don't because people love Terry. He's like one of the few wrestlers that's yeah. universally loved in the industry, yeah. and just and he's like, "Look, stop sending me stuff. I don't want to sign stuff anymore." You know, he, he's just getting older. <laughs> he just and, said, you know, I, and he's, and I can't do no more. Come on now. Well, he, he, uh, also, he just lost his wife. Yeah. And I think that took a lot out of him. And I think yeah. he's just kind of now an old man and he's maybe not as sharp as he once was. <coughs> Harry Funk, as far as what I've heard on Jim Cornette podcast with Brian Last, uh, yeah. he's doing okay in, mm-hmm. for a guy who's like literally. Because you got to see, here's the thing about, I think it's more his wife that took a lot of the speed out yeah. of the engine. But because then, they were married, and then they got divorced, and if you read his biography, he actually mm-hmm. gave up the world title because he didn't want to lose For her, yeah. And then he changed yeah. his entire... I remember hearing about that. Huh? I remember hearing about it, that he gave up the world title, because it's like, it's crazy when I think about him and his brother, Dory. Yeah, yeah, and 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 see and see this is why I tell you like when I talk to the people in this generation or 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 younger or a little bit in, a little bit after us, I say y'all missed Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair when they were at their best. I like yeah. y'all missed Nick Bockwinkle. Yeah, Black that's probably, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny about the NWA title because it it was a thing where you wrestled. Seven days a week, and yes. and and it was Ric Flair's the only one that because Ric Flair's the only one that never wanted the belt taken off him. Basically, what would happen is they'd give you the title, and you would be a champion for about a year, maybe two, and mm-hmm. then basically the wrestler would eventually just walk into the office and say, "Take it off me." They would <laughs> they would say, <laughs> "I don't want to be champ anymore," because you would travel seven days a week and you would wrestle an hour uh-huh. a night. Yeah, because when Jim breaks down their schedule, oh, it's ridiculous. And I remember, and I remember even remember hearing Rick used to talk about it. Like I went over to Japan, woo, with yeah, Papa, yeah. 
And then I had to go to St. Louis. Then I had to go to Memphis. <laughs> I was sitting yeah. there like, God. But see, that's why I think, to me, and I always said this, if Vince McMahon never killed kayfabe, the way wrestling is now, it wouldn't be. The, the closest we would have for the moveset is, would be the Dynamite Kid and Tiger Mask when they did their thing. That would be the yeah. closest we'd have. For well, real. Uh, actually, to bring it full circle back to Terry Funk, Terry Funk sold his <coughs> family's territory when cable TV became more popular because yeah. he, Terry was always ahead of the game. He actually saw the way the wrestling business was going to go, mm-hmm. and he saw that eventually you're not going to be able to you know, like this is the technology and and the, you know, the, you know, the society kind of becoming more and more connected. You're not going to be able to hold mm-hmm. this off any longer. So he sold the territory because he saw what cable television was going to do on the horizon. And mm-hmm. so he knew, like, Vince didn't help wrestling in a lot of ways. But the problem was uh, a lot of the promoters would not change with the times. They all wanted to go to New York and make the money. And, you know, it just and then when you it, see it, something it, on TV, mm. you know, it's like you if you had like, you know, it's just like anything. You see something on the on MTV, you think it's better than your mm. local music scene. You know, it's mm. just not that thing. But Terry was always ahead of the game in that regard. Uh, yeah. And the beauty of the and, and the thing I miss about pro wrestling and I don't watch a lot of the new stuff because I don't want to be a grumpy old man. The, my main complaint with the new wrestling <laughs> is there's don't feel no. Bad. There's no telling of a story, and there's no consistency. Because I, I get it; it's it's mm-hmm. predetermined. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, you you they rush to do everything, and then it's over before it starts, and but, nothing really makes sense. But see, to me, my theory is this: if he had never, okay, when he did his his expansion, if he had never killed Kayfabe, he would never he he would never overtook WCW. And eventually, the NWA would have made a comeback. The reason why I say this is that they say that he did it because of the commissions. That's bullshit, in my opinion. He knew that the that WCW always whooped his ass in NWA. Because as a kid, I remember Black Sunday. Let's make this clear for everybody that's listening. Well, yeah, I, I remember that. that yeah. My grandma and granddaddy was like, what the fuck is this bullshit, Jim? <laughs> the yeah. fuck is this? We're Dusty. We're Rick. Who the yeah. fuck is Bob Backlund? I see Andre, but who the fuck is that Backlund dude? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Southern wrestling and Northern wrestling is very, very different. Uh, just yeah. in, in every way, shape, or form. But yeah, no, it. Uh, and also, he wasn't the first one to try national expansion. Vern Gagne tried. Yeah. You know, Vern, and- real fast tried to, he, he went straight to Vegas quick. Uh, and the thing with the, N- the NWA, with or you know, again, it comes down to they weren't willing to change with the times. And then with Crockett, mm-hmm. here's the thing, and and I'm not a business major. I'm not. I just know common sense. Like if I yeah. all of a sudden blow up tomorrow, and I'm just for the rest of the year, I'm setting the world on fire, and I'm getting mm-hmm. offers from studios, and I'm just every girl wants to work with me, and da 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 da. I literally am gonna. St- kind of take a moment because even though a lot of money's coming in people's reaction mm-hmm. is to spend a lot of money and it's like you always want to bring in more than you're letting out and and crockett spent itself out of business 
and try to compete yeah. with the end and try to be WWE. And then they got bought by Turner. And then you had a bunch of guys who thought they were better than wrestling. and didn't know how to run wrestling. And then that's what kind of was the end. Like uh, the art of wrestling with the NWA was you would come to town and you would do a one hour draw. And in the beginning, it mm-hmm. was like, can he, can your guy, your local guy, survive like you're north carolina so you're kind of you know you know uh yeah you 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 already know you already know yeah the pocket of georgia championship (laughs) wrestling and if can you guys survive in the art form is by the 45th minute mark the last 10 minutes then it's like Mm -hmm. can the champion hold on because then you think the guy's gonna win and it doesn't it's like a draw Mm -hmm. or he or maybe he loses by like cheating Mm-hmm. And then the guy moves on, and your guy looks better because the so so, barely... so. What was you watching? Was you watching WWE or was you watching NWA back in the day? Mainly? I was more. Well, I watched everything. We had we were uh, we had cable, but I was more Georgia. Oh, so, so you had the, the Crockett's, and then like WWE for a few things. But I really liked yeah. the NWA mm-hmm. better, uh, and you know because it was more real and that's kind of my main like i said the guys are so athletic but here's the problem if every guy like in porn if every guy has a 12 inch dick then a 12 inch dick isn't special if everybody yeah. does flying moves and super athletic and can land on the street <coughs> after like jumping 10 feet in the air mm-hmm. well then it's not special and you're not telling yeah. anything and you're not telling a story you know you had great muda and then you had Arn Anderson. You had the Steiners, mm-hmm. but then you had the Midnight Express. Mm-hmm. It's a combo of things. Uh, that's why, like, when people ask me, you know, oh, you're trying to compete with these guys. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not competing with anybody because I'm bringing what I have to the table. If a girl mm-hmm. doesn't want to work with me, then that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can bring something different and make different content with this girl. Then she's going to go off and make different content with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's both are going to sell. So there's no yeah. competition. And yeah. now wrestling is kind of all the same, and there's no real, you know. Again, you're. Mm-hmm. I'm not really a pizza delivery guy. The woman I'm going to work with tomorrow is not really a French maid, but yeah, we're we're selling you the fantasy. Yeah. I can't do you guys don't really hate each other, but please, for the love of God, I'm I'm watching it or I'm paying a ticket to see it. Like, mm-hmm. give me a reason to be invested. Yeah, there's no more story. There's no more feuds. Because I think like this generation really didn't like I was in Dorton Arena. I saw the hate that Rick Flair got when he went against Black Jack Mulligan. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. like like they it was hate. Like the crowd really hated him. When I look at Jared King Lawler, now who I still say I didn't really appreciate that motherfucker more than I did. Because when I sit back and look, this motherfucker was turning <laughs> heel face, heel yeah. face in the same like, town for twenty some odd years. Yeah, and 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 then when they were breaking that, because I also used to wonder when I was a kid, well, why don't you know like Bach Winkle come to you know the NWA or this that third? And so then with Jim Cornette and when we getting older, I was like. Ah, I see. So, cause like now I watch everything. I'm not even going front. I, I watch New Japan. I watch Ring of Honor. I watch AEW. Oh, did you see that? Uh, Ring of Honor is probably the one I probably should watch more regularly, but I I don't. But I 
do you the do pure, the, the pure, the pure division is on point, bro. You, you, if I you love pure wrestling, Jive Grissom's a beast, man. Well, um, I, I saw the Briscoe farm fight. Yes, and that is it. by far and away the best cinematic quote unquote match because ever it made sense. And they did a little tongue in cheek when he's pulling out the table and he's like, "Well, how convenient, how convenient," and. And they did everything. Or, or he goes up on top of the camper and he's going to jump off on him. And then yeah. the guy gets up and he goes, what are you going to do now, jump at, dumbass? Welcome to the <laughs> and no, no. And the, daddy, and the daddy yeah. walked and said, you got to finish in the ring, boys. Got to yeah, get yeah, out. Yeah. Got to get out. <laughs> and, that, and here's the thing. It was, it was all made realistic. It was like, <clears> if you know Southern people, that's kind of, and that's how men used to be. Like, you had a problem. <clears throat> I'm going to punch you in the face, you know, and that's the thing. You're going to punch each other in the face a couple minutes, and then you're going to mm. realize that neither one's going to go down easy. So then it's like, all right, fine, let's go get a beer. It's over. We want whatever, you know, and mm. it was good. And the Briscoe brothers are, in my opinion, the best tag team going today because they yeah. consistent and they can go off and do their own thing and then come back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Ring of Honor and New Japan. Uh, yeah, love that. Have you checked out MLW? I love MLW. I kind of lost. Right. I, I kind of lost uh, pace with them. I really thought they had something going with the Contra, but when the yeah. pandemic hit, that kind of yeah. really affected them. But uh, I yeah. think they're starting for to the, roll again. Because they supposed to be on Vice Saturday. I was looking for them. And they were even up there. I was like, "What the hell?" And like, I watch everything, dog. Even to the independents from OVW to uh, Southwest Wrestling Entertainment, Charlie Haas. That you know, that dude crazy. You know what you need to. Uh, unfortunately, I, don't, I think it's hard to get right now because Jim is Jim Cornette is refiguring everything. But when his yeah. website's back up, he mm-hmm. has for like a hundred bucks eighteen discs of the old Crockett House Show films. Oh, I know you're talking about. I know exactly what you're talking and about. And it's worth it. Uh, my 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 wife got it for me for my. Well, I think it was like a birthday present, and it's incredible. I mean, there's no sound. Mm-hmm. You're watching, you know, just. Some amazing wrestling, um, you know. Uh, but like one of the things I wish they would just because again, what like I bring I want to do more plot based stuff. I've been buying, I've been making props. Mm-hmm. I have a, I, ha- I have a project in the works, and I've been buying like pieces of stuff so that way if I work with a girl, I go like, well, I have outfits or I have things that mm-hmm. I'm putting together ideas, and people think. Well, they're not going to sift through an idea not, or a plot. They're not going to sift through a plot in the porn. I'm like, they will if you yeah. talk right and you condition your audience. The audience mm-hmm. will tolerate a long feud no. if you actually take the time to condition them actually, for it. I'm saying this right now, and this has been 15 years of me being in the business. My role play scenes have always sold more than my straight fuck scenes. Yeah, and my yeah. people. So, and my POVs, the only POVs that, and actually my role play POVs so better than the fuck POVs because people do want some drama with their sex. That's just being yeah. honest. They want it. They, they want. They want a good story. But th- and that's the thing. You just write something. Like I did a scene, and there was a technical malfunction. So we're, we're reshooting tomorrow. Then we're going to shoot something new. But we did a scene. It was like literally five minutes where the uh, haphazard, like. Uh, spacey wife uh, didn't put oil in the car and the mechanic is trying to be nice and like look I can't get it to you by the end of the week it's going to cost a lot of money and then 
as she's starting to panic, and then by the end, I'm like, oh, like, look, lady, I, I'm, I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do. And then she tries to stop me, and she's like, accidentally touches something she's not supposed to touch by accident. And then it goes from there. And yeah. it's a different approach to the, you want your car fixed fast. Mm-hmm. But also, we got to the meat of it, and it was, you know, we, we kept it very simple. Here's a plot, and now here's another <laughs> thing of me fucking her. And even though there was... There was a technical difficulty. I just kind of been posting little mini clips all week, mm-hmm. and I got like fifty new followers just from the clips with no audio. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, wait till they see the the fact that you know the reason why I'm banging the shit out of her. It's you give the audience a little bit of story; they will come. Uh, mm-hmm. You are Carolina. Actually, you're a Southern wrestling fan. You might yeah. remember this. My favorite thing, and I watch it all the time. Oldie Anderson, the most surly son of a bitch to ever put on wrestling. He pretended to be a good guy. Now, for those who, and I, and I know, you, yeah, I know your exactly. audience is probably like, wait a minute, this is a porn podcast. Why the fuck are these two guys talking about wrestling? It wrestling and porn have a lot in common. Uh, yes, they do. It's it's predetermined. I'm going to come, uh, but it's real. Um, <laughs> the, you know, those those strokes are real, folks. When I when yeah, I slip off the couch, I'm really slipping off the couch. Um, yeah, I really make no faces. Yeah, <laughs> uh, what do you call it? Ole Anderson was this th- diehard bad guy. He was such a good bad guy that he didn't have to leave the South for his career. All of his career, he made six figures like in the seventies and eighties. And was a pretended to be a good guy for eighteen months. Eighteen months. Just to set up Dusty Rhodes for a cage match in the Omni, and then he turned on him. And then, and it calls a ride. You can go on YouTube and see the video. You see fans trying to get up on the cage and like get in the cage to help Dusty. There was people in the audience crying and screaming, Dusty, and you know, so on. And then the next episode of George Championship Wrestling, the majority of the entire episode was Ole Anderson being interviewed. And basically talking about, like, I had to pretend to like Tommy Rich. I had to pretend to be a good guy and kiss the babies. And I hated it. And I did it, you know. And they gave, like, they, they it actually showed an old video clip of Dusty mm. doing an interview for Florida. Like, they gave it all this background. And it was like, and they got, like, four months of sellouts all across the territory mm-hmm. after the fact. But it was, like, 18 months for this one story. And it was fucking brilliant. And you can do that today. You just have to weather the storm. Yeah, because I remember I tweeted to somebody. I said they don't have long storylines. And dude was like, well, you had Kenny Omega. And no, y'all y'all missing the point. Like, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm asking you this, but I'm going to give you mine first. My, my favorite, my number one greatest wrestling match to me that I see with my own eyes. And I'm about to fuck your head up because it's not a WWE match. Not an AEW match, fellas. It is a NWA match. And it was 12 minutes, but it felt like 30. Magnum TA versus Telly Blanchard. I don't wait. I quick match. Yep. In the cage. Yep. Merrick Bash. The greatest cage match ever. Yeah. And if you watch it, it's 12 minutes. But it brutal. don't feel like 12 minutes. It felt like 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah. And, and the reason why I love this match because the build up for it was perfect. It was no it, it was about competition. That's what it was about. Madam TA could not beat 
Tully, and Tully kept rubbing it in his face the whole time. They had, like, what, two matches prior to this. And both times, I think, no, 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 Tully beat him to win the United States belt. Because before that, he beat Wahoo to win it. Yeah. I remember that when he did the belly to belly on Wahoo. <laughs> and that was a very brutal match, people. Madam T.A. was bleeding. Wahoo was it? But anyway, back to my point. <laughs> but so he faces Telly again, but the match ends in a double count out because both men knocked each other out. And the back and forth between these guys on the different shows from WCW to Worldwide Wrestling to Midland Championship Wrestling. <laughs> They was beefing. They were fighting. He was jumping him. He was jumping us. So finally, Jim Crockett said, we're going to end this. And he made the match. A cage match. I quit cage match. You never seen it again. And then my number two match, and then I'm going to let you talk, is, I know you remember this, Stone Cold versus Triple H. Three stages of hell match. To me, the greatest gimmick match ever, and WWE did not use it anymore. First match was a wrestling match. Second yeah, match yeah, was yeah, a yeah. Match. third match was a hell in the cell. And it ended with both of them knocking each other out. The only reason why Triple H won because he fell on top of damn yeah, stone yeah. cold. I was so mad. Do <laughs> uh, you you know about the 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 personal thing with the actual real life thing between Tully and, and Magnum, right? Yeah. Yeah, like his Ma- Tully's wife married Magnum and Yeah, and, and it was like a, at the time, then now they're all one big happy family, but like yeah. back then there was a little bit of a touchiness to it. Mm-hmm. But the thing you they they fought like two guys who didn't like each other, which is a lot of rolling around and like uh-huh. you know, punching and, and mauling. And then the, the thing that really made it brutal, which I always, when they have these guys quit matches, I'm like, it's so simple, but you're not doing it. They had the microphone, and the guy would shove the microphone, you know, and it was very yeah. realistic. Like, think about it. Like, I'm grabbing your face, and I'm shoving the mic in, and I'm yelling and screaming. Like, do you give? Do you give? And then, and you're, you know. Don't get bad. He start beating him with the mic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, I would have to say... Uh, the Ric Flair, and this is kind of a gimme, but the Ric Flair, Terry Funk, I quit match from 89. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. One of my favorite matches that I, unfortunately, I never quite kind of saw the whole, because I don't think there's actually video footage of it, but um, it's Memphis. It's uh, Bill Dundee and Buddy Landell versus Jerry Lawler and Dutch Mantel, and it's a Texas death match, and it the original match is like 45 minute long and there's like 27 falls and mm. they're just literally just, it's nonstop action and running away. And then they kind of do the same finish where one falls on top of the other and then they're totally mm. counted out. So whoever gets to their feet first wins. And the way they fell, uh, mm. by the time the bad guy stands up, you, you, he's pushing up the, the, the good guy. So he's, mm. you know, it's so technically Dutch and Jerry Lawler win. But again, it's that beauty of when they're doing it right, you're fighting for 40, mm-hmm. 27 falls and it doesn't get old. And the reason why they did that was he listened to the crowd. It wasn't supposed mm-hmm. to go that way. He just kept going because the crowd was just like eating it up. And that's another thing that drives me nuts about modern wrestling is that you they don't listen to the crowd anymore. They have their set no. thing. 
and they're going to do it. And if it, and you can do, see when they're kind of off time and it's like, you guys are, you guys know what you're doing. Just call it in the ring. Just, you know, know the finish and call it in the ring. It worked for a hundred and some odd years. And- but, see, but, 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 but like I said, because of the fact that, because to me, the game was so guarded back then. See, oh, once again, get into the mob. Yeah, it like this. We about to correlate the rats with the, with the porn people. Just like wrestling, porn was guarded. Yeah. It wasn't that easy to get in. It wasn't it wasn't as simple as I had a cell phone or I had a camera or or even a site. No, 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 no. You had to literally be ushered in in every which way. Same thing with professional wrestling. They made it to they wanted it to be as real as possible. Because that was their money. Because it wasn't that they were touring around the world. They were touring in a small area. So that means it's a good possibility you might get seen. (laughs) And trust me, the way that some of these wrestlers is now, if they was back in the day, like, shoot, you'll never see uh, the Young Bucks be doing a YouTube channel. Man, they would have got their ass beat. Literally got shit beat out their ass when they got their locker room like so you want to do YouTube channels, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say I will say this. This is what porn has over because uh, when you said the young bucks, it made me think of like, you know, if you're uh like a young kid that just turned twenty and you're like, you know, a hundred and I don't know, fifty pounds and you're super lean like Jordy or Connor yeah. Cox, yeah, and you're so lean and like to the point where, you know, like the girls could actually pick you up and do shit to you. Mm. Uh, like guys like that weren't in the industry back in the day, you know? No. And But now if you want to work for a studio, like I had one kid hit me up like a year ago wanting me to produce a video. And I looked at him. I'm like, dude, you have the look, go, go to Connor's, you know, he owns a model agency, go to Brazzers, go to, go to mm. Bang Bros. Like literally to every studio male talent is like, a five foot five, like, you know, 140 pound, like lean kid, mm-hmm. like D Williams and Sarah J and whatnot, you know, and he's like, yeah, I just don't want to show my face. I'm like, yeah, get out of my DMs, get the fuck out yeah, of my DMs, I'll come back. But to the credit of all these young guys, I think they have a little bit more respect for their, the industry in that. They 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 kind of they again they take it a little bit more seriously than I think some of these new wrestlers do you know because it's mm-hmm. they're trying to you know I don't know they like they they just kind of it's a little too tongue in cheek it's like I'm, I'm not here to be in on the joke I'm here to you know to be told the story you know mm-hmm. uh, so I think like the kind of the porn has handled the all inclusive thing. Mm-hmm. Better than 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 uh, than pro wrestling because it's like we're still giving you the fantasy, we're still doing <clears throat> porn, yeah, and you know we take it very seriously. Like you're not gonna come on set and be a jackass and tongue and cheek it, you know, like yeah. I'm not gonna tolerate it. You know, it, it's like, it's like if I met Jordy tomorrow, he's very serious. Definitely a distinct difference between professional and the amateur bullshit when it comes yeah. to versus wrestling where. I'm going to see the same match in PWG that I probably see in AEW. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the other thing. Like, just I, I, I'll give. I'm not going to say slow down. I'm not going to say do less. But like, it really now. Again, if everybody's going to be doing like, okay, every guy that's 300 pounds can still move like Rey Mysterio now. That's great. Well, then now I need a story, <laughs> or I need like a reason shit's happening. 
more than ever. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And- but look, I, I want to ask you this, though, because I was thinking about this. Now, like you, I listen to Jim Cornette heavy. And it didn't, it didn't, I didn't know his true history until I started listening to the podcast. I mean, I knew he came from Mid South because I remember when he slapped the shit out of Bill Watts. Mm-hmm. I remember him when they was in World Class. And I remember when they came to WCW. And I didn't get to watch him with Smoky Mountain. And it, because we didn't get Smoky Mountain, I did see him when he went up to WWF. Uh, with Smokey Mountain and, and, of course, a manager there. But anyway, I always followed his career. And I remember him talking about the history of Memphis wrestling. So to me, this is the question I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Which organization do you think, because you know Netflix got that series coming called Heels, which we're going to get into after this question. Because <laughs> I'm curious about that series, but which organization would you think make a great Netflix series? I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. Oh, that's a good question. That's a very original. Um, Honestly, if I was going to do a cinematic series, I would probably think maybe either Memphis or Florida in the 70s when Dusty (laughs) blew up. (laughs) Me and you on the same boat. Me and you on the same boat process. I'll go say Memphis. Actually, beginning where he took over from Nick Goulas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he yeah. took over from Nick Goulas. Because to me, like, it, like I was watching Reba. I said, I can see Reba playing Jeannie, Jeannie Jerry. I can yeah, see her playing. I just playing got Jeannie her book, Jerry. actually. I just got her book, like, in the mail. I'm not lying, like, a week and a half ago. Mm. Um. Yeah, no, I didn't know about the show Heels, though. I didn't know they were doing a wrestling show. Yeah, uh, what's he got? I can't think of it. Stephen Emile is going to be in it. Uh, the guy that played in the Arrow. And it's basically about two brothers restarting a failed wrestling promotion hmm. that dad had. And I take it, Stephen Emile, it's supposed to be two brothers that are going to be beefing. That's going to be the main, I guess, thing that I guess their storyline as far as wrestling. And uh, Stephen Mayer, I guess, supposed to be the bad guy. His brother, his brother, supposed to be the good guy. So I'm curious to see how that series is going to go because I know Glow was pretty good when I saw it on Netflix. Um, but to me, I think see a lot of people don't realize there's a lot of wrestling movies that 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 that's been out there. I remember Body Slam with Roddy I Piper. Body Slam, yeah. Uh. I got what was the one with WCW? Um, oh, oh, ready to rumble. Oh. You ready to rumble? But then there was there was a one. Now I can't think of the name of this sucker, but it was one that was back in the day where the storyline was the guy was wrestling against this masked wrestler. He gets stuck in the ring, and it posed being he got his decapitated. So the whole thing is a is a mock is a mockumentary. It's a documentary. It's serious though. Hmm. Of them trying to figure out if that masked guy supposed to be the dude that got killed. At the end of it, it was him because he lost it. No, it, it it wasn't him because he supposedly came back from the dead or whatever and had a match and beat his ass. That was a good ass movie. There's been a uh, lot of. Go ahead. Vern, Vern Gagne in the 70s. I have the DVD. You can get the DVD, I think, online. Um, mm-hmm. The wrestler, the original wrestler from the 70s, Ed Asner. Is mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. it was actually a good movie. It was like a made-for-TV movie, but it was actually a good movie. Well, wait, wait, uh, so with Defiance? Defiance? No, no, that's... I, no. I know what movie you're talking about, but that's not I the movie. I love that Like, Vergon, you made a movie with Ed mm-hmm. Asner, and everybody basically oh, put played themselves and it's called the wrestler and then there's another movie with alex karras called the bull i believe and that movie was okay i I watched it recently it was mm-hmm. it was okay uh it's hard whenever they make anything about porn or wrestling it's kind of hard to do because mm-hmm. it depends if you're going to show it in positive light and also you also have to maintain a balance because, like, Glow lost me in the second season because it just kind of became a little bit not not enough about the wrestling. You know, kind of like in mob movies. I, like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, there's some internal family drama. Fine. I want to see Italians walking around with their hands doing things and, like, you know, hey, making moves. Like, that's it's a gangster movie. That's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, oh, God damn it. Uh, I'm blanking. Um no, the kid, the guy who played Arrow, he actually was, he did some professional wrestling, so he might be good, because he actually yeah. wrestled for real. Yeah, no, I actually saw the match that he had with uh, uh, Daniel Bryan. Chris, or, well, Chris, Chris Daniels, sorry. Chris Daniels, and it was pretty good. Yeah, it was. Um, Because, like, I mean, but no, but Pat McAfee, yo, he shocked the fuck out of me. I watched that match on 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 uh, NXT, bruh. He he he's the truth. He's the truth. I gotta give him his props. I think again, and actually, uh, this is the WWE's problem. I think you probably could do something with him and make him a wrestler and make him a special attraction, but they don't want to make the effort. And I think mm-hmm. WWE is setting up for a sale. And, I think so too to Disney. Yeah, and and the thing is, in, in years. And ain't no way in hell he's going to be able to continue. It, it, he can't be. He's getting too old. Well, it, not just that, but it's – they don't want to be a wrestling company. If you if you see the shit yeah. they talk about, they don't want it actually – that'd be like us shooting a porn uh, scene and not wanting it to be porn. But like, they're not allowed mm-hmm. to call themselves wrestlers. They're not allowed to talk about the belt. You know, so I have a theory on that. <laughs> I have a theory on that. And here's my theory. Vince McMahon hates pro wrestling. Yeah, yeah no, you're and right. Now, and so people can understand what I mean by this. He's the son of a promoter. At one point, the WWF, and hold up, and he despises the NWA. And he despises Southern wrestling. These are the reasons why I say that. These are factors. He was son of promoter. At the time, I'm pretty sure he hadn't been alive when the WWF split with the NWA. Or he knew of it. He heard his dad complaining about it. I'm pretty sure when it came to them promoters, they probably, the, the conversations and the shit they probably said to each other, especially when they used to do the title versus title, yeah, you yeah. can imagine. Then on top of that, he always kept losing to the NWA. He lost... In Georgia, it, he, they, a lot of the, the territory that he tried to take over that was holding him back was NWA territories. And because even to the point that think, he don't want them to say belt, strap, <laughs> championship match. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, that's, uh, 
uh, funny enough, uh, Vince's dad was actually on the board of the NWA, even though he wasn't a part of the NWA. Uh, that yeah. was actually like a big bone of contention in the 80s when Vince went national. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's a, oh, what fucking hell. Um, I'm blanking on his name. He's a famous Georgia promoter. He was actually at the Jim Car- Jimmy Carter's. Are you, are you, are you talking about Barnett? Uh, Jim Bar- you talking about Barnett? Yeah, Barnett. Okay, now this dude, the fact that no one's wrote a biography on him, a gay promoter who basically invented studio wrestling was hugely influential and like a power in wrestling forever. He had this very specific voice. Like to be like, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do a very bad impression. Like, mm. oh my boy, I swear. It's like you know, and he, and he was openly gay to the point where the re- he like he invented studio wrestling, he invented Australian wrestling. WCW he started mm. he, he was banished to Australia because of some scandal. I have the book in my library somewhere. It's called the yeah. Lean the Lean Thirty, I think, where yeah. Rock Hudson, him and like a, a Kentucky football team, you know, uh, and he basically had to leave the country and go live in Australia for like 10 years. Uh, and he, Ole Anderson fucked him out of his spot in Georgia. So he went, yeah, why he was going, why he was going to China to get, to get a suit. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and, and, and the thing is they, um, you know, it's funny when you hear all these millennials kind of, they're wrestling fans, but they rag on wrestling and mm-hmm. he would talk about like, oh, it's so racist or it's so sexist, which th- there there is at times, but also there was a lot of like integration. Yeah. In Memphis happened because of wrestling. Yeah. Uh, and you know they had the the most famous, most powerful promoter until he died was Jim Barnett, who was yeah. gayer than a picnic basket in May. And, you ain't lying. Yeah. You know, there, there was a there was there was it's a very complex history. Uh, and I just find it interesting when people rag on something, but they claim to be a fan of it. It's like, I've never heard you say one good thing about it. Why do you watch it? You know, it's, it's, uh, but yeah, yeah. G- uh, Jim Barnett helped Vince go national and I, I totally, yeah, he hated wrestling. Uh, he was the illegitimate son, I think of, of, uh, Vince senior. Cause he grew up, partially in a trailer park in the South. That's mm-hmm. part of the reason why he hates Southerners, I think. He grew up mm-hmm. dirt poor mm-hmm. and then went to work for his dad. And, you know, again, son of the promoter, I'm sure he got, especially apparently Vern, because he really fucked Vern hard. Uh, you know, Vern and all these other guys mocked him and Vince went systematically and just fucked him hard. You know, it's be wary of an over, be very, very weary of an overdriven person because they, yeah. I mean, I got, I've had a very rough June. I've had a lot of shoots fall through and people jerking my chain as far as scheduling and, and getting mm-hmm. the vibe of like, apparently I'm not as like, this is not your priority, but I think you're trying to keep me on the, on the line for mm. whatever. And my thing is I just put you on mute. <laughs> to work with you, but I'm not gonna make like if we shoot together, it's gonna be either by a third party or you're gonna be making the effort. Like I don't get real mean and petty about it, mm-hmm. but it's like I'm not going to chase you. I, nah. I you know this hard to get here. I'm not gonna chase you to shoot with me. And see, and see, and that's the interesting thing that I think that um, people don't realize is the hard part of 
being a man in this business is finding girls to shoot with. Yes. And it is difficult because one, even if you leave in the area, it's if you're not if it, if you're not within a certain clique, you ain't gonna get in for so oh, much. Yeah. And I'm so, and here's the other thing. I, I'm now officially established male talent. You can't deny that. I have mm-hmm. studio credits. I've worked with a lot of named people, yada yada yada. I'm kind of in a weird holding pattern. I'm um hopefully on the the beginning of the next level of the journey and so on and so forth. It's kind of harder now to get shoots because it's like I'm proving myself, but I don't have that clout cachet, whatever yet. So like I'm going to Miami in September for Exotica and there's Mm -hmm. a couple of people that I know are going to be there. So like, it's looking promising, but it's, you know, it's kind of weirdly, it it becomes a little high schoolish where it's like, I want to work with the cool kids and I live in Atlanta and I like Atlanta. But I'm mm-hmm. a white guy living in Atlanta, and I'm going to be very honest. And I, and I, <laughs> I, black women are the most beautiful women on the planet. But it's a it's a chocolate city, you know, which is a yeah. southern term, and you know the white hey, people hey, only hey, want to work with yeah. black guys, and the black girls only want to work, or they want to work with name. But see, but see, but see, but see, but see, that's because you're in the south. See, like if you maybe was it up north, Midwest. Shit, Colorado, you know what I'm saying? It'd be probably totally different because trust me, even in North Carolina, eh, uh, eh, I can imagine the difficulties you have in I have in North Carolina. I'm pretty sure it's by by the same. So because even when I talked to when I was hollering at like white females that lived in 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 the uh, at first. A lot of girls won't hit me back. But then when it got cool to fuck a black dude, that's when they start hitting me back. Yeah. And, <laughs> and here's the thing. Some of them do it for a business thing, and some of them, that's their genuine preference. Yeah. And it's fine. It just the thing that puzzles me is like, okay, well, if you if we're not going to work together on camera, then yeah. I'm going to move on because I'm trying to build i'm trying to get to the point where i have the problems that thor johnson has where it's like yeah. too many people want to work with me i can't respond to every message mm-hmm. but a lot of times it boggles my mind is like they'll contact me first and then it then all of a sudden as it gets closer to the date it unravels and it's like i yeah, I, and I left my schedule open and i'm like you can't like and and, and again it's how you present yourself because mm-hmm. I'm very much a team player, but at the same time, I can't allow myself. Like, I'm not going to chase you because then it makes me look weak in a way. And, you know, and I'm not talking from a male standpoint, but it's like, yeah, it's like okay, like I'm worth working with because you're going to have an easy time working with me, and I'm, you know, and and I'm professional and so on. If it's like because you want to work with this guy more, or it's because of I don't know what your reason is, and. Again, I'm not going to grill or get mad or throw a tantrum, but it's like, all right, well, I'm going to move on, and next time we work together... Oh, now, see, you the thing is, is my brother, is that that's why I do this part. Because people don't realize men, we catch it worse than women do. Because no matter what, we have to have a co-star. Women eventually will have to have a co-star. We have to damn near come out the gate with one. Yeah. So, so it's a difference between all I got to do is I wish it was that easy that we could just do a bunch of videos where we jerk the fuck off, walk around butt ass neck, and then buy that shit. No, our fan base want to see us fuck something. Yeah. 
Yeah. That fan base want to see them get fucked. After a while, at first it's a deal though. After a while, they want a real dick. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who is very successful. I don't want to mention her name, but she's mm-hmm. very prof- She's very popular, and the problem is, she only works really with her husband. And mm-hmm. I've been trying, and it's like, well, and we've been having conversations, and it's like she's kind of frustrated with her position. And I've been really kind of avoiding talking about, like, look, maybe doing a studio scene would not be the worst thing. Or maybe you working with a male talent that you trust wouldn't be, like, like pepper it out. Like, don't automatically start doing, you know, working with other guys all the time. Make it like a, like a special occasion or once or twice a year do a studio mm-hmm. scene because you, she's just ridiculously talented and she's very beautiful. And it's like, and her husband is, good or like her husband could be a very good male talent if he wanted to be but it's like mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. want to see you with somebody different yes, uh, because because i tell anybody hey look we're gonna take a break people then we're gonna come back i'm about to cut it off and hit you back and then we're gonna come back and pick this back up all right okay okay hey hey okay we back now we're all about to say is the issue that you said that um some of y'all people, y'all wonder what the hell just happened. No, we, we, I was running out of time because they only allowed me to do up to like 60 minutes and we was hitting that. So I went ahead and just restarted because this is getting good. See, they can't get a black guy break. They're like, you only get 60 minutes. You can't even, what? like, you know, like, what the fuck? I'm just saying it, it could have been unlimited. I swear they're killing me. Yeah, I told yeah. you, man, you were good shit. Dude. But anyway, let's get back to what I was saying. <laughs> the blueprint, so females can understand this, is perfect world. You have a resident male talent. Now, let me explain to what that is. He's a guy that you can get with. It doesn't matter whether he's just a fuck boy or he's a guy that actually does his seriousness in your area. It's someone that you can work with on a regular basis you can get content with and you can establish, you know, chemistry. Then you branch out and shoot with other male talents. Now, the problem is, is when these girls come in, when they're married or what have you, the problem is that they're worried about their man or their man doesn't want them to go but so far because we 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 you know what it is being a man. Yeah. How some of you dudes think. And so and it sometimes hurt the woman's money. Yep. So it's like to me, a lot of times that's why that's why I said about the gatekeepers. They kept that out of here. Because if you couldn't fuck more than two dudes differently, they're not going to talk to you. They're not going to pay you for a scene. Yeah, yeah. So they ain't even going to contact you for content trade. Yeah. Uh, see, here's, here's my thing with it. And uh, if you don't, I had a shoot canceled on me and the, and the person just texted me, the producer said she doesn't want to do it. And I said, uh-huh. because she's doing this or this, like doesn't want to work with me or just not mm-hmm. the business and he said both and i'm like okay and apparently uh from what i've seen just from peripheral it was more that she just didn't want to work with me and i don't know what mm-hmm. the reason was it's not i never talked to her it's not my place to ask yeah. and so on and my thing is if you tell me something's come up or something's happened it's like all right that's fine or if i'm not we can't do this like we originally planned i'm mm-hmm. unless you're going to volunteer the information I'm mm. not going to start poking. 
So I try to roll with the flow. The thing that pisses me off, and I don't, again, put it out verbally because I, I just don't want to deal with the, the bullshit is mm-hmm. if you're set on working with a very narrow type, that's fine. And that is your, you're right. Mm-hmm. But if you're not going to, if there's male talent within the area and you're not going to work with somebody who takes it seriously Preach. regardless and you start working with guys like somebody's boyfriend or you just dudes that you like well i think he's hot so i'm gonna fuck them mm-hmm. and then they fuck up or do something wrong or they catch feelings or they think it's like you're their girlfriend now or whatever and then you go online and bitch about oh it's hard to find new male talent but see, but like, see, no, no, no. But see that's because women do not pick men for content trade the same that we pick them they normally pick because they want to fuck him. It's about it because see, this is how these females think. And this is and this has always been the age-old thing. They think content trades fucking for free. It's not fucking for free. You fucking to get content. You fucking because you ain't got money to pay that male talent, nor do you got money to pay that damn camera guy. You need a male talent, you need a camera. Or if you got a camera, you need a male talent. So you're trading for both of y'all to use the content. The thing of it is, is that a lot of these chicks, one, they ain't going to pay a dude. Let's keep it real. Yeah. They ain't going to cover your travel. They ain't going to cover your hotel. Hell, they ain't going to give you a fucking ham sandwich if you become that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, yeah. So they automatically assume that content trade is fucking for free. And then, of course, they want to throw in how much money they spend on their nails and upkeep. But even I had girls say, that's your upkeep. You do that anyway. You do that, go to the club. You do that, go to work. Yeah. So do you count that into that? And you can so, probably write it off on your taxes. Yeah, I didn't have somebody talk about that. Shots out to Kayla BBW. Kayla BBW. Shots out to her. So, and because, as, because see, that's why I say is us as men, we have to move differently than them. Like I said, they get to come in with a deal, though. We got to come in and find a chick. They have so many different ways to make money off the internet, you know, period. But they're also the biggest bullshitters and <laughs> they're the biggest pocket watchers. Because half the reason why these girls get into business is because of somebody else they seen. Not anything they heard or or research or what have you. They don't seek mentors. We seek mentors. Very few of them even go speak to somebody been in the damn business for a minute to even figure out how to even do this shit. No, you're right, because I've had girls ask me advice, and I go, look, these are basic things that I think you should do, but at the end of the day, go reach out to a girl that's been in the industry for about a year or two, because she's a woman, mm-hmm. and as much as my intentions are good, and I always tell them, like, this, like make sure a guy goes through these steps. If he's serious, he's going to be professional, he's going to behave mm-hmm. in a certain way, and yada, 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 but don't take my – and I tell them. Don't take my word for it, even though what I'm telling you is true. Go talk to a woman and, you know, get that. And you can see online with articles of chicks saying this shit. Because, see, let me tell you what it is. Let me tell you the biggest mistake females make. And any female that's listening to this podcast right now, get get close to your phone or whatever the hell you're listening to. They underestimate the business and overestimate their worth. There you go. Yeah, well, and, and to, I want to clarify my point uh, before I comment on that was you have the right to work with whoever you want. Mm-hmm. Now, if that if you're going to make a choice solely on what I call high school rules, 
That mm-hmm. is fine. But that's your choice. So if the guy acts a fool, I'm not excusing any bad behavior, but don't go on the internet and then start going oh, male talent. Like he, what? he's not male talent. Like the guy hasn't earned the title to be called male talent. You made a choice. It didn't work out. Learn from it. Because when you bitch about new male talent, you, you kind of convey a horror story from that. Other women hear it and then they get very hesitant. I've been very lucky this year that like, just like really established women like Nikki Stacks and Julie Ginger and uh, Ashley Ash Lauren have been kind enough to like kind of work with me and put their name on me and be very giving on camera and just in behind the camera being very friendly with me because they are stars and they are professionals mm-hmm. and I you know I was very on my piece and, and see too that's one thing I say about these generation girls they speak up for the male talent for my generation they didn't do that. Oh, I mean, I mean, straight note, seriously. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I've been like I said, I can't like Julie Ginger is is was incredible when I was around her for a couple of days and I got to work with her. It was one of the easiest scenes I ever did, and that's all because I put all the credit on her. She hurt my heart because she she told me she, I hit her up right when she did BBW Highway, right? And she told me she said I'm not doing amateur shoots no more. I said I'm not an amateur, you know, but. That it, it it like that just show you the mindset of some of these chicks is that amateur is not your status is what you shoot, and I think that's a big mistake people miss. You shooting with a cell phone, I don't give a fuck if you have lights. That's amateur. The reason why because at the end of the day, one the lens is small. You would never ever ever see Hollywood, even if they do it with. What is it? I saw a movie where they they, they they did a whole movie where a dude was looking through a uh what what was a door a door camera. <laughs> but guaranteed you it was a professional camera. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? So Hello? Uh, if you're there, man, and you can hear me, I can't hear you. Hey, buddy. Well, I heard you say son of a, uh, if you need to hang up and send me another link, you know, it's okay. Um, but I can't hear you right now. Hello? Uh. Yeah, we back. <laughs> okay. No, but what I was saying was, so people can understand, so they don't think I'm trying to shit on Julie. No, 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 no. No. By all means, she had the right to say no to me. And she said it respectfully. I, I might not like that what she said, but she said it respectfully compared to some of these other broads that want to act like a complete bitch to say no. Yeah, no, I had a good experience with her, and that's the thing. It's uh, I've I've had nominally good experiences, uh, and like I said, I've had a few bad, and I choose not to go into great detail about some of the bad experiences 
because it's like, all right, well then, you know, uh, I won't, we won't work together or next time I know to maybe handle a situation differently to, you know, not, I don't know. It's, uh, it just bugs me if you're not like, if you don't want to work with me as an example, that's fine. You don't need to explain yourself, mm-hmm. but then you're going to go work with this guy over here for whatever reason. And he's not talent. And then you're going to bitch about him. Like he is that makes things unnecessarily harder. It's like, look, if you're so dead set on a certain thing, then you have to own the good with the bad. It's like, yeah. you can't, cause now you're making, it's hard enough to be male talent. I get, you could think what you want about me and I've been getting some hate, which means I'm being successful uh, in the last yeah. like, two months. But at the end of the day, I've earned the right to say I'm male talent in the industry. And, and see, and that's, and that's the important part because people don't understand something. When I sit here and say that I've shot more than probably your favorite porn star, yeah. Because I did what close to well over 400 fucking scenes within, my, within well over a decade. So when you have 10, 15, 20 scenes underneath your belt, especially you actually did straight up Hollywood shoots, then yeah, you have all the right to speak upon male talent shit. You know, period. And, but, but like I said, the biggest problem is, is that because the game has become so normalized, because the game has became so open, even to the point that I was saying the other day that a lot of escort traits has slipped into the game, such as deposits. There's never been a deposit. Like, I, I had a conversation with Kyler about that, um, which I understand why girls might ask that, but if you do your fucking due diligence to see he's full of shit, you, your ass wouldn't sit here and motherfucking get fucked over. Yeah, <laughs> because some of these guys you can actually tell they full of shit you can act but because they see oh he good looking oh he got such a big dick oh he, he uh, uh, let's shoot yes no, they, it, 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 yeah and I will say this on the ladies behalf I'm sure you know uh, some girls they just kind of want to cover their bets and there are some women that depending on who the girl is I would pay a deposit if I was paying for a scene yeah but the thing I've noticed with some, and I'll luckily I've never gotten because I could just kind of feel the heat before I get too close. Yeah. Um, if you, I've worked with some big names, and one of them being Julie and Ash, yeah. uh, and some other ones, and they've all chill, very mellow, very personable off camera to the point where I consider them friends and I kind of, you know, sometimes I'm like, yeah. oh, I wish I wish Julie were in town and I would love to have dinner with her or just, or just have a drink and talk, you know, and, and you know, like, uh, and these women have worked for, you know, like Brazzers and, and, and you know, BBW Highway and so on. These mm-hmm. are stars with names and reputations and they are very easy to deal with and very humble and they're very sweet ladies off camera. Mm-hmm. When you come out of the gate and you've been in the industry maybe a month and you're acting like why well, need this this and this and you're being kind of rude and standoffish and so on it's like all right that, that's fine you're probably not gonna be around very long so that's all right i'm gonna go over here now uh because i've worked with people that probably had no business giving me the opportunity that they did but they did and they were like couldn't be cooler about it so it's like you're that's what you're competing with people who are already stars and know how to treat people, and they're chill, and they're, you know, and so on. So it's like, if you, man or woman, if you want to walk in like you're hot shit, 
you, you better be because uh, once you hit a certain level, people are going to be like, no, I'm not, I'm not paying that yeah. or I'm not going to put up with that or no, you're going to pay for your own flight here or you know, so on. Yeah, because see, at the end of the day, at some point, you grow old. And for females, and see, here's the funniest thing. We catch the most hair, but we have the longest, the longer careers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess it balances out itself, don't you think? I've, I've actually said that a long time. It's harder to get in if you're a guy, but I technically, if I stay in shape, I can go until I'm like eighty. Yeah. Uh, with with girls, it really is a a thing of like how much do you want to be in the industry? Like you know, a Sarah J, a, a Bell yeah. Danger, uh, Anita Hartley. It takes uh. a certain talent and charisma to and you like you said you actually have to like like it you have to have mm-hmm. a business savvy and like it um and there's a couple of girls i've worked with this year that i could see you know if they want to be like 10 15 years down the road doing it mm-hmm. owning a studio or you know having a couple of different houses and so on it's just you want to do it and same thing with the guys you know it's like i've i've had a lot of success this year and i've also now had a weird bad mm-hmm. month and i'm in you know rather than pouting i'm doing a little bit of pouting but rather than pouting i'm <laughs> a little bit of pouting I'm, I'm also trying to like keep myself motivated with this halloween mm-hmm. project that i have and i'm you know making plans for miami and i'm going to shoot with this woman tomorrow like i'm trying to stay busy and be like all right mm-hmm. I, you know i can't stay in this run i gotta move you gotta at the end of the day sex work is not easy money anymore and you have to work yeah. and that's unisex I don't give a shit what you do or what you're into fucking. It could be good money and it could be a fun thing, but you have to want to do it and you have to want to be there. Yeah, because the thing about it is, it's a lot. It's a lot to it. And like I said before, because people, they don't see the journey. They only see the end point. And because of that, they, they, how can I put this? They missed the boat because this will usually happen with females. The reason why I say they don't look at numbers. If I see that my shit is going down, because, see, it's funny how they just love to put that, like, point six and all that shit. But it's funny, they keep it up there because it. I didn't hear a girl say, and I know this as being content creator, too. You have one month where your money is banging. Next month, it's dead. Yeah. And females, the same. So even if they are making that six figure. At some point by year three, that six figures and dropped to three figures. And that's when now it's this way. This is where I'm going to tell you what's funny. Tell me I'm lying. This is where the crossroads hit or whether or not they're going to keep their career going. Because nine times out of ten, the money went down because the fans want that boy girl. So now they got to make the decision to do boy girl or quit or still try my hand at doing these solos. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I planned to make solo videos, and, and we talked about it in the last interview, like doing yeah. certain stuff, but it's going to be a mix, and I want to work with a like a lot of people, so I want to be doing different things. I'm learning Shibari, like you know, I mm-hmm. like I said, I've been working on making set pieces, so I'm going to add, mm-hmm. and, you know, like costume making and whatnot to my resume. I want to do all kinds of different things. Uh, you have to be able to, you know, uh, talk to your fans, find out what they want. You got to evolve and you have to give them what they want. And again, it's not what you make, it's what you save. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, yeah, you just got to roll with the times, you know, like uh, Shane Diesel, who is a very smart man uh, and a legendary talent. And now he's doing a, basically the cup thing like that. Every time I see yeah. him on Twitter online, like he, he apparently that's where the money's coming in right now. So that's what it's going to be doing, you know. Yeah. And if if somebody said we want you to be the nutty professor in every scene, if it was going to make him enough money, I guarantee you he'd be out there, hey, you, been, you know, just doing <laughs> the thing because he's a smart businessman as well as yeah. talent, and he knows, you know, he evolves with the times. You yeah, know. and see, and that's and that's what and that's what the last thing we're gonna leave it on. The key to a smart businessman, successful businessman, successful male talent, female talent, any success is how you adjust to the change in the business that you in. And in the business that we in of porn, this thing changes rapidly, actually faster. As the years go by, because I remember a time where this is no lie, you can shoot twice a month and eat off them scenes for damn near six months. Yeah. Now yeah. you 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 better be shooting damn near, you better be shooting as much as you can because well, we're in the microwave era. Yeah. I mean, if I have a good Miami visit at Exotica with between that and the Halloween project that I'm doing, I should be able to coast to the end of the year, and there's still two more exoticas to go. But yeah, I, want, I, I like to be busy. And again, yeah. the, I'm willing to do other things, you know, but I prefer people pay me or they be in charge or whatever. And I make mm. stuff I like. Like I said, I've mentioned it a couple times. And when I make the official announcement, I'm happy to come on and make the official announcement because I'm it's like I'm I'm looking to make this like a big thing every year, mm-hmm. like this Halloween thing. And you know, I'm starting the prep now because I would like to shoot the scenes in August and September, and I'm trying to corral girls to, you know, and again, you, you try to you know, get ahead of the game, and you know, some of them, they say they're into it, and you can just almost, you know, like, eh, you're going to flake on me, I have a feeling, you know, and whatever, so yeah. it's, it's uh, you got to change with the time to be willing to do different things, and again, certain things, if my fans really wanted it, then I would make it happen. If a fan mm-hmm. tells me they want, you know, me doing something weird or whatever, then if it's going to pay, then yes. Or, but most of the time, like, you know, uh, peeing on people is a big thing. It's not necessarily my thing. I'm not judging. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to be peed on and or pee on somebody, I much prefer to show up to a set and get a paycheck. But if my yeah, fans say, hey, we really want to see some pee content and I, and it's like, well, this is going to help grow the brand and benefit me, then yes, I will do it. And I will find a way to get into it and, you know, so on. You have to be willing to kind of always be testing those boundaries, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you got to kind of, you know, be, be willing to kind of push yourself. Yeah. You know? I mean, you're already naked and you're fucking on camera. So you're done for the rest of your days. Like you, it's on there forever. So it's like, you're already <laughs> in, you're already in the pool. Might as well just go into the deeper end and see how, how long you can tread water. So, yeah. Okay, you know, because they always say you bring the butter from the duck. So, yo, tell everybody where they can find you, Billy. Well, I'm on Twitter at Billy Pilgrim Triple uh, X. Uh, I am. I have uh, many vids and a uh, OnlyFans. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm actually in the process of editing a bunch of stuff and trying to get it up there. Um, uh, I'm not the world's greatest editor, and I kind of do everything myself. But 
by the end of July, it'll be up and running and in fully functional. Uh, and it's all under Billy Pilgrim, Triple X, OnlyFans, and many vids. And I'm gonna try out this, look into this just for fans thing and and everything else. And uh, yeah, I'm just unfortunately the creative and the performance is my strong suit. Doing all this post production and everything, I'm I'm. I'm <laughs> so I mean, once the ball gets rolling, I'll catch on. But it's like it's you know I try to edit and then I get into my own head and we're like, well, that's not a good enough cut or whatever. And then. I know a guy, he said something to me one day and like, Oh, I posted a video and he, I forget what he said, but he said something like, you probably didn't do this. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Oh, fuck. Thanks a lot. Now, now, every time I edit the video, I'm going to be thinking when I upload it, I'm not going to be doing this thing. I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, but, but the first thing I'm going to do when the money really starts to kind of come in steadily is hire people to, to, <laughs> to do that shit for me. But yeah, yeah. I have an only fans. It'll be up and running by, uh, like mid July or like mm. you know by the third week of July. By the time this probably hits the main, uh, your main account, it'll already be up and running. I have a big Halloween. It's gonna be a month long, uh, thing in October from October first to to the thirty first, and that's gonna become a big yearly thing. And just yeah, for, yeah, just gonna be grinding and trying to get more studio work and and everything else. And uh, looking forward to coming back on here whenever you want me oh. back. Oh, most definitely. I definitely will have you back. You are definitely officially a smoke buddy. We might have to do a wrestling podcast, just you and me, where we just do like... Yeah, I, yeah. I, actually, that was the first thing I was going to do before I did this. I was going to do a wrestling podcast called Bull City Pro, where I review the wrestling and talk wrestling topics. We might don't have enough to do. Let me give you one more thing to do. And, uh, you know... We... <laughs> <laughs> Shit, hey, hey, hey. Hey, I don't mind trying to make a network. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Life is a learning experience. What's the point of experience you haven't learned anything? Smoke that over. Thanks for coming to the lounge. Uh, no, it's my pleasure. And, and thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, it's been a great time. No doubt. All right. All right thank you.